1: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky, Rhett, back with you. And uh, a lot of ground we've got to cover today, boys. Buck, I love you representing the high school there uh, with the Granada Hills Charter sweatshirt. Uh, By the way, uh, Buck, Rhett, happy Eagles Niners week, by the way. I just want to wish you a a very early happy... Let's go. How are we doing? (laughs) Is that all we're talking about today? Eagles-Niners? Is that it? No, we're, we're going to uh, save that. We're going right, to save we're gonna that. Save we're going to table right. that for for later in the week, but we'll have plenty on that okay. game coming up later in the week, which is uh, something Deal. we've been pointing to for a long time. Uh, let's let's get this thing started, though. Let's jump into what we saw last night. This is uh, the Monday night recap in a game that, I'm going to be honest, uh, not the most aesthetically pleasing game. I think the maybe the, the shine came off a little bit, uh, Buck, on uh, – On what had been a great story with Josh Dobbs, turned it over a bunch in this game, and the Bears find their way to the winner's circle. What was your takeaway?
2: Yeah, my takeaway is the Bears playing well under Matt Eberflus. The one thing that you have to admire is that he's been able to keep this team together. This is a team that was kind of left for dead, didn't think that they were going to be able to kind of make it down the stretch, but they played with great effort, great energy, and the execution has gotten better every week, and From a defensive standpoint, this is a team they want to see ball, get ball, and sometimes the zones and stuff that they play can really mess with the quarterback. And we saw they were able to get after Josh Dobbs. They made life miserable for him because they did a really good job of tracking his eyes and making plays. And when the Bears bring the energy and the effort that we saw on Monday night, they have a chance to win, particularly when they get contributions from their offense.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think looking at this and I think we can all appreciate and respect the work that Josh Dobbs has done over his career. Right. Um, I mean, coming in in some really difficult situations, going back to last year at Tennessee, you know, this year at Arizona uh, and the first couple of weeks here in Minnesota, I mean, playing really good, you know, football for a team that really needed and was desperate at the quarterback spot. But, you know, like I, I think, that as Bucky mentioned, the shine does start to come off a little bit. I mean, you, you look at what happened. Uh, in Arizona at the end, I mean, through three three interceptions in his last two games, there was minimized in the run game, kind of like he was in this game. And and you see four interceptions. Obviously, that sticks out. I don't know that one of them bounced right off Jordan Addison's hands. You know, another one was really close. So like, I, I don't think it was like this four interception debacle that maybe it can get painted at if you're just looking at the box score. But I think what happens is when you have a defense that can limit the way that he's able to affect the game. With his athleticism, he even talked about it afterwards. Like they did a great job in their rush lanes, kind of maintaining discipline, not really allowing him to create the way he does. And, and I just, he's not the type of player. Otherwise, he'd been starting for the last six years to win that way. When he can't use that piece of his game and be that consistent, that uh, a team like this and the Vikings playing without Justin Jefferson really needs. So DJ, I just, I, I feel like the luster does start to come off a little bit the more that you see of him.
0: Yeah, I think to me, the keys there are, you touched on it, it's its accuracy, it's protecting the football, and then it's yeah. using your legs to add to it, so when you only carry the ball two times for 11 yards in this game, you eliminate that, obviously the turnovers, and I, look, the one did hit Addison literally almost in the face, um, so you don't put yeah. all of them on him, but he didn't do a good job uh, protecting the ball, uh, the accuracy was okay, he was fine there, he was almost 70% in this game, 69%, um, so... I was thinking going into this game, and uh, Buck, I'll get it over to you on this one. That the decision the Vikings could have with Kirk Cousins being up, both these guys being up, you could make a case before this game mm-hmm. kicked off that the Vikings had the two most promising, most attractive free agent quarterbacks in next year's market. Like they, there was a chance both those guys uh, find hefty paydays, and I thought the Vikings might have to make a decision: Do we want to bring Cousins back? You no, know, you know, north of forty, pushing fifty million a year? Or would, you know, can we get Dobbs on maybe a 20? You know, kind of that that lower tier quarterback dollars and say, man, you know, I don't know, Dobbs, the way he'd been playing, maybe Dobbs. Well, after this game, yeah. I mean, I I don't think that you're the Vikings. You can let Kirk Cousins walk out of that building. Yeah. Do you?
2: No, it's, so it, it just depends, like the team building model, right? And so, like, if you pay Kirk, now you're talking about 50 plus million dollars. And, you know, how good is he going to be for you in terms of uh, getting over the top when you pay him that much money because you're also limited in other areas. With Josh Dobbs is trying to find what is the sweet point, the, the sweet spot in terms of how much he should get. He's about 20 million, maybe he's a 10 million, where does he fall in between? Uh, that'd be an interesting conversation or do they go to the draft? The one thing about the Vikings is they made themselves competitive where they were in the conversation of being in the poll the postseason. Now they have to figure out, okay, are we good enough to get in the tournament or is this where we are? We fall back. We now get the pick and kind of focus our efforts on getting the young guys ready for next year. It'll be interesting to see what kind of determination Kevin O'Connell and their staff uh, makes as they go forward.
0: Yeah, and one real quick, Rhett. You know, the age of Kirk Cousins in his mid-30s, but this injury is the first injury he's had. I was told this is the first practice yeah. he's missed since he was a sophomore in high school. So he's been extremely durable. And with a quarterback who's not really an, you know an athletic move guy, I think the Achilles isn't going to be as as big of a detriment or as big a concern coming off that injury for a guy like him.
1: I think that's a good point too and we also have to watch, you know, what happens with the Justin Jefferson contract that's going to command, you know, close to 30 million. I mean, it'll be in the 25 million with the with the way that that he's, you know, established himself as one of, if not the best receiver uh in football right now. So, you know, how does that work out with Cousins? But if you believe what you heard on the broadcast, I mean, you had uh, Joe Buck talking about their meeting with Kevin O'Connell and that he was desperate to bring uh, Kirk Cousins back next year and, and wants to figure out a way to make it work. So um, I, I think that's probably still the best course forward here uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, Steve.
2: Yeah,
0: no doubt. Um, look at that. We squeezed a nice conversation out of a terrible football game. Well done. Well done, everybody. Well done. Um, all right, let's, let's keep the train moving here. Let's get to the NFC playoff picture. And I want to focus on a couple teams uh, that are in the hunt there. When you look at the Green Bay Packers at 5 and 6, the Rams 5 and 6 as well. I want to focus really on those two. You see the Minnesota Vikings, they're holding that last spot at 6 and 6. But Buck, when you look at Green Bay and you look at the Los Angeles Rams, I you know, Green Bay, I'd say expectations even with Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers, they're probably a, around where the expectations were. I would say the Rams have exceeded um, expectations for where they are. Both these teams right in the mix for playoff spots. Who do you trust more uh, between those two?
2: Uh, I'm going to trust the Green Bay Packers more. The Green Bay Packers have more talent uh, at the other positions outside of quarterback and Aaron Donald. Uh When you look at this defense, they have enough playmakers on defense to get after. Rashawn Gary's playing really, really well, being able to get after the passer. Defensively, they're beginning to kind of find their identity under Joe Barry. And then offensively, the young playmakers have a synergy and a connection with Jordan Love that has given them an opportunity to kind of find their way as an offense. Um, Malifloy has to be pleased with the progress of the young guys. I just trust this team, man. I I just trust that they're going to find a way to get it done. I look for them to be the 7C when it's all said and done at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me not to to choose the Rams here. Um, I think uh, that they've done a really good job accentuating their weapons offensively, as Sean McVay and, and Mike LaFleur can always do, right? I think um, you, you trust the quarterback, obviously. I think more than anybody in that wild card discussion here with Matthew Stafford. You know, when healthy, again throws four touchdowns in this last game. But in addition to that, and what we've seen from Puka Nakua this year, and obviously Cooper Cup, you know, still one of the very best but Kyron Williams, I think is a difference maker for this team and their commitment to run the football and ability to execute chunk plays in the run game. We know, to talk about 17 carries and 148 yards. Like that's not just three clouds in a, or three yards in a cloud of dust. Like they're finding ways to impact the game both on the ground. And then with a a number of weapons in the past game, we saw Tyler Higbee get back involved in a big way this past week. So like they've got a lot on offense. I will agree with Bucky DJ that The Packers probably have the edge in terms of totality in talent on the defensive side of the ball. They're getting a lot of those injured DBs back now. Um, But I still trust Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, and the Rams uh, the most out of that group.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule for the Rams, guys. And if we assume 9-8 and most likely gets you in, in the NFC for that last wild card spot, I believe, when you kind of look at the schedules and how this whole thing shakes out. So that means you look at their schedule for the remaining schedule for the Rams... Cleveland, uh, with backup quarterback, I feel like that's a win. Uh, At Baltimore, they're not going to win that game, so we'll give them a loss there. But outside of that, then you go Washington, New Orleans, the Giants, and then the last week of the season at San Francisco, who might have whatever seed they are wrapped up. Like, the Rams are going to win nine and maybe even ten games. Um, So it's incredible. It's it's a testament to what coaching and teaching does. When you have a talented quarterback that can kind of handle things there, but then you just draft so many young players. You've had to purge this roster. That Buck, I think the underrated aspect is development and teaching uh, at the NFL yes. level. There's very few teams that do it well. I'd probably count them on one hand. I don't know if anybody does it better than Sean McVay and his staff.
2: Hey, give him credit, man, because there are a lot of people that weren't worried about him checking out, like not having all the weapons available, this team being in a rebuild. Did he have the wherewithal to kind of stick through it and grind it out to get this team back to a place where they're not only respectable, but they're competitive and they can be a playoff contender, hats off to him because he did it. And I don't know if many of us thought that he had the, like the mentality to be able to do it, but they've done it. And the young players that they've been able to develop over time, the guys that have been third round or later that have have come in and made major contributions, being able to kind of get those guys on the field, being unafraid to play them uh, and give them opportunities to kind of work through those mistakes, The Rams are now reaping the benefits of being kind of bold when it came to putting those guys on the field because the young guys are playing well. And because you have Matthew Stafford, a quarterback that has played at a high level in this league, he is being able to kind of guide them to this winner's circle. It's working really, really well in L.A.
0: Yeah, no question. Let's give Les Snead a lot of love there as well for the job he's done of identifying players that are coachable and have some upside and they've been able to tap into that. All right, let's jump into, speaking of the draft, let's jump into the top 10. If the season ended right now, here's what we're looking at. Picks 1 through 10. How about the Bears? Even with the win last night, they're picking 1 and 4. The Patriots are sitting right there at 3. They are not out of the mix to get to the number one overall pick when this is all said and done. you got the Cardinals there at 2, the no. Giants 5, uh, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Bucks, Chargers. Man, I would have been shocked if you'd have told me before the year the Chargers would have a top 10 pick. Uh, but here we are at this point in time. Interesting decision. Uh, Rhett, I'll kick it over to you on this one because we're going to have a full spring of this discussion. If the Bears end up holding the number one overall pick, which the way Carolina has gone and firing Frank Reich, it kind of looks like they're the favorite here to hold on to this thing. We're going to have a spring of the do they keep fields? Do they trade fields? What do they do at the quarterback position? Do they trade one of these picks? Do they just take whoever the quarterbacks are uh, that come out? We don't know those names just yet. We have a pretty good idea. But I thought it would be interesting exercise if we went back and looked at the Jets. I was trying to think of a team that had a similar decision. The Jets, having Sam Darnold in the fold um, and then having a top pick, they had to make the decision, right? It was, do we stick with Sam Darnold going forward? Um, or do we and trade Sam Darnold, get what you can get? And you look at the numbers side by side. It's not all that different when you look at the Darnold and the Justin no. Fields numbers. Total touchdowns, very close. Uh, 50 to 46 the giveaways Darnold, a little bit higher there Uh, the passer ratings uh, somewhat comparable but that was a decision the Jets had to make we know what they did and how it worked out uh, what's your early take on on the Bears here
1: well I think also you know you throw the rushing numbers in there for Justin Fields and that 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 you know, that look and that comparison with with Darnold probably takes on a different shape. Although it was total touchdowns also in there, not just passing touchdowns, which tells you that Darnold yeah. found a little bit more success through the air than Justin Fields has uh in those few years. I, I think he's done a better job at taking care of the football in the last few weeks. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception in his time back uh since the injury, but you know, those first couple of weeks, I mean, it was it was ugly, right? And so I, I appreciate the fact that they have They've found a way to limit that a little bit while still keeping some of what makes him dangerous in the game plan. I think he's found a really nice connection with Cole Komet and DJ Moore. Now, does that show you enough that, all right, if we add another piece with one of those high draft picks, shoot, if we get Marvin Harrison, you kidding me, Uh, you know, bring him back, bring the Buckeyes back together down there in Chicago. Like, do we see Justin Fields take another step at another level I think that's something that, you know, you also that, that we're always going to be a, just a little bit behind on because we're not seeing it every day in practice, uh, not seeing that tape every day in practice. Well, you know, we're seeing the games and obviously that's a big piece of it. But, you know, how the Bears view his daily, weekly and, you know, monthly improvement this season obviously plays a huge role in what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. Because at this point, uh, Bucky, what are we looking at if if you try to put Justin Fields on the block? You think – is it is a team going to give you a first rounder? I'm probably not. I mean, you're probably looking at, what, a, a day two pick at this point? Um, if you're, Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Oh, hold, you on, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you exactly. If we're going to do the Darnold comparison, Darnold went for yeah. a this year's six, a next year's two and a four. So a combination yeah. of a two, a four, and a six. And, and you remember, because the Montez sweat trade, they don't have a two – Um, so you recoup a two, Mm -hmm. you get a four and a six. That's, I mean, and we could argue, I mean, Buck, you give me your opinion on this. Do you get more than they got for Sam Mm -hmm. Darnold? I think that was a pretty nice return at that point in time. I agree.
2: Yeah. So you think about the return. So you're talking about three picks, three picks to continue to help you fortify the roster. Um, as a draftee, a a guy who leans in the draft, Ryan Poles is probably going to lean towards maybe moving on from Justin Fields. The real debate comes from this. Justin Fields versus whichever quarterback comes out, and let's just right. say uh, right. for conversation standpoint, Caleb Williams and Drake may come out, is being able to look at Justin Fields, where he was and where he is now, versus what's behind door number one and door number two. The one thing that we don't know is we've been excited about quarterback classes the last three years, but we really haven't seen many of those guys pop like we anticipated when we were doing the draft thing. Does that cloud the evaluation when the Bears are thinking about, okay, here's what we know what we have, here's what we're hoping to get, what is more likely to continue to play at the level that we need for our team to get back into playoff contention? That's a hard thing because there's so many unknowns when it comes to not only Justin Fields, but what this quarterback class is really going to bring down the line.
1: Well, I, I think there's also an unknown, DJ, and I know we're going to get to the Kyler Murray case, which is kind of similar here as the Cardinals prepare – their draft plans, but they're more solidified in what they're going to do with their coaching structure, right? Like, do we know, do we feel like we know what the bears are going to do with Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey and and that crew there? I know it's, it's been early in that tenure, but still, I mean uh, you know, we just saw Frank Reich, you know, go out the door after uh, 11 games. So um, early, and I don't know is, is really a factor in this thing. So if you have an opportunity to recreate a coaching staff and then draft you know, a player who you believe will be a franchise changer and let those two, you know, grow together, that might be too hard for polls to pass up.
0: Yeah. I, I, I want to get to Arizona, though. If we change, yeah, let's because do it. You just mention them. Look at these, listen to these assets. Right now, draft takes place. The Arizona Cardinals are picking two, they're picking 17, 34. And then in the third round, they're picking 66, 72, 81. They've got three threes. They got two ones. Three threes. They've got two fours, two fives, a six, and three. I mean, they they have three sevens. They have a bazillion picks. And with Kyler Murray, he's not. I mean, I, they're committed. They're going forward with Kyler Murray. The, the numbers here, we have research pull it up. It's like, what is it? What is it? It's 81.5 million in dead money in 24 if they cut him, 46 yeah. million if they trade him. You stay committed to him, and then buck, right now, you've got the number two pick. I mean, yeah, well, this is a way early draft discussion. We could go a long ways on this. But, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., Buck, in a uh, in a comparison that I had when I watched him to Larry Fitzgerald, you get your Larry Fitzgerald with the second pick, or you could auction it off if you wanted to. In a perfect scenario, the team that picks three, you could, you could try and negotiate and, and get a little something to slide down one pick if they're going to take the quarterback, say it's the Patriots, yeah. and we know they need a quarterback. Maybe you even get an extra pick or two. But of all the teams in this draft, as great as it is the Bears are picking one and four, the Arizona Cardinals already knowing that we believe they're committed to Kyler Murray, they have the most advantageous position in the entire draft.
2: Yeah, the Cardinals have a lot that they can do, a lot that they can work with. Uh, I'm fully on board with them bringing Kyler Murray back. He's played... Uh, better since he's returned. He he appears to have kind of um, ingratiated himself to his teammates in terms of showing a better attitude around the locker room and those things. Uh, if you have an opportunity to build, and you're hoping that the draft gives you what you need in terms of the needs that you have match up with the strengths of the draft, and so you not only talk about a Marvin Harrison Jr., a playmaker on the outside, but being able to beef up the offensive and defensive lines, which is necessary in a division that is won, that is won by the trench warriors. Uh, the Cardinals have plenty of picks to be able to do that. So this is an opportunity for them to dig in the draft. And we saw how the turnarounds happened in Seattle when they went all in on the young players, hit on their picks and then put them right back in the tournament. The on the Cardinals will have an opportunity to orchestrate a similar turnaround if they get it right on draft deck.
1: Yeah. And, and it, it does make a lot of sense to, you know, to kind of run this back here. I, I, look, Kyler, I, I think probably had his worst game out of the three since he's been back. I uh, thought he made that team dangerous again. And that, again, that team still has a lot of room to grow in terms of overall talent, you know, on the offensive side, especially on the defensive side. So you use some of that draft capital uh, to help supplement a player who we've seen lead this team, to you know, within a, a breath of, of the postseason. um, Man, it feels like they've got some good young coaching there too. That that's kind of tried to get the most out of players like a Josh Dobbs, uh, who made that that offense competitive in every game they played. You know, for the most part this season, um, I I think that that could go a long way. And and you probably and from all the reports right that we've heard, like Kyler's been terrific with this new staff. Seems to really like him, and there's a lot of good back and forth there. I, that could be pretty dangerous uh, in that NFC West if they're able to really maximize all those draft assets, DJ.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, look, we talk about a mixture of young and old, right? There's, you got three third round picks. You easily spend one of those off for a veteran player that you like. You know, you have the room to to, to squeeze them in under your salary cap. There's, there's a lot of different things they can do. A ton of flexibility here for the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, in the spring, I think this is going to be a team we spend a lot of time focusing on because they can use uh, the next few months to transform their entire team. So it'll be fascinating to watch what the Arizona Cardinals do as we head towards the NFL draft. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we are going to jump into the rookie draft. Uh, looks like Buck had a rebound weekend. He's back in business, baby. Finally. Uh, we'll get into that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. Offer valid on select AK system That's through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, we do this each and every week. We have our rookie draft where we uh, like to pick a quarterback, a running back, and then a pass catching weapon. Uh, solid week for me. Got six points last week, courtesy of CJ Stroud and Zay Flowers. Buck had a big bounce back. All three of his guys scored uh with DTR at quarterback getting him a second place finish. Bijan won in the running back competition. Tank Dell second in the pass catchers. Rhett got uh, he got a second place finish there with Gibbs at the running back spot. So uh, I'm holding on to first place, but I feel like we're a little bunched up now. It's a it's a tight race. And uh and Buck it made up a lot of ground. So Buck made a great had a great week. And your reward, Bucky is you get to pick first today, buddy. Congratulations.
2: Oh, well, that's easy enough. Um, CJ Stroud, come on down.
0: Dang, again. I knew that.
2: That was quick. (laughs) That was quick. We need to to debate this. It's easy.
1: Uh, Yes, that leaves me uh, Bijan with a huge bounce back uh, this last week with the two touchdowns, or Jameer Gibbs, who's been on fire lately. Um, I actually like the matchup better with the Saints, so give me Jameer Gibbs. Lions taking on the Saints this Sunday.
0: All right, you're going to go with Gibbs. Uh, uh, all right. That's gonna leave me. Um, man, gosh, I, I'm I'm so conflicted on what? where to go here. Uh, no, what, you're not. What are we conflicted about? Uh I'm gonna I'm, I'm yeah, gonna go well, I'm well, gonna well, go Tank Dell with my first pick. I get two picks here, so I'm gonna go Tank Dell, and then I'm also gonna go with Bijan. So that that takes yeah. care of that for me.
1: Had to do it, Rhett. You're. Right. That's how the first four picks have basically gone. I feel like in some some yes. way, shape, in, or in form for the order. last few weeks. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So I'm back up, um, and I am gonna I'm gonna stack them this week, boys. I'm going Sammy Laporta um, as my oh, receiver nice. here. So I got Gibbs and Laporta for the Lions' offense, getting back on track against the Saints this week.
2: Ooh. Okay. Well, I know the Baltimore Ravens are on a bye week, so Zay Flowers is off the board let's go with um we're thinking about jordan addison as a pass catcher that we need uh running backs he's got a buy he's gone crazy. oh jordan addison is on a buy too like my god like, yep i'm fine i need to
0: yeah you got game. you've got like puka seen, nakua you've got wait, 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 mingo you got jade we got, reed uh
2: Josh Downs. And Let's you go with Josh Puka. Josh Downs, like we'll oh, Jaden Reed's no, we'll, one. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No,
1: no, I, was, no, I was thinking no, about no, Jaden,
2: but. We go with Puka. I'll t- I, I stay with the brand names. I'll stay with the brand names in Puka. And then I need a running back. I need a running back. Who else is on by?
0: Yeah, we got a lot of guys on bys. Um, We have, uh, gosh. Well, you know what? I think well, we go, got. Hey, okay, oh, uh, running back wise.
1: Yeah. You got
0: Chilea Jale- McLaughlin.
2: Yep. You got Charbonnet. You yeah. got some oh, Charbonnet Charbonnet, 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 Charbonnet we go that we go Charbonnet you are a big yeah that's nice
1: a nice oaky be, buttery Charbonnet, Charbonnet. On that one, but that's fine <laughs> um wow already let's who's egged so it's me right So I'm oh to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. oh no yeah no yeah you're up you're up you're up right yeah. yeah yeah
1: It's all right it's you've only been doing it 12 weeks um <laughs> sorry, so sorry uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've gotta I've gotta give my quarterback here and I've got my uh my pick of the letter. I just I can't do I can't do Bryce Young uh against the Bucks.
2: Oh uh, why? So
1: I can't do it. I'm not ready for that yet. Um although maybe they get the bump with uh with all the change. I I I don't know DTR. I, I mean I gotta go Will Levis. Mm. I gotta go Will Levis. Will Levis Titans
2: uh mayo and my coffee Colts. Mayo and my coffee.
1: Sometimes some calories are okay. All right.
0: You guys, uh, this guy's taken a lot of abuse. Um, It's not been a great year. Just lost his coach. Just lost a couple other coaches. Uh, But we're going to go with the the new coach bounce uh, for Bryce Young for my last pick. Mm. So everybody's scared Mm. of him. I'm going to embrace him this week. I'm going to say he has his best game as a pro. Uh, against a good defense in Tampa Bay. Do I feel great about it? No, I don't, okay? I don't feel no, great about it. But those uh, those are the options that I had. That's where we're at, And boys. that's what I had to do.
2: Well, I'm sure. That's, I'm sure that inspires confidence. Is. I'm sure he'll feel better running out of the tunnel. I'm sure he feels better running out of the tunnel with that strong endorsement. Definitely. From his, his, his owner. <laughs>
0: Well, you you know when you get that pregame speech. I trust me, as somebody who played uh when I was at Northeast Louisiana, now Louisiana Monroe, when we played four SEC teams, I got plenty of those pregame speeches where you could look in the coach's eyes and go, Nope, he's got zero confidence we got this today, boys. He's all right. He's saying one thing, and his body's <laughs> telling me something else. Uh, uh that's what I just did right there. Um, and that's gonna do it for today. It was a fun one. I always enjoyed the rookie draft. Somebody did bring up uh the idea, by the way, of using defensive players one week. I like that. I think we have to to, to mix that in. Maybe we'll do that next week. Uh, always appreciate you guys' feedback. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring